are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles tonight, we're going to go to the book of 2 Chronicles. And if you'll go to chapter number 32, I might have you back up, but we'll start in chapter 32 there tonight. And um, as we uh, look forward to the message, and I look forward to preaching tonight, I want to say to Brother Mrs. Hartzellier, I know you're over there somewhere. Where are you at there, folks? Over in this pastor, where you, right over here. Thank you for coming from North Carolina, and I appreciate you. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think I might be preaching in North Carolina this September. And I haven't been traveling very much, but um, I look forward to Lord willing. I, I love folks from North Carolina. That's been a great state for us and for our college, for our church, and the history that we have with the Carolinas. But thank you for being here tonight. Tonight I want to speak to you about something that the truth of the matter is, I don't care how meek and humble you are, it's going to be the battle of your life. I've pastored here 45 years. I would write a book. I had a journal. I had journals for about almost 50 years of my life. I threw them all away. Uh, to me, they became very discouraging to look at the events. I, um, I wrote a book from the first 10 years of the church in the journal. This would happen on this day, and it was encouraging. And then I wrote the second decade. My goal was to write five of those books. After two books, took 20 years, I stopped. Because so many people that said we love this place, we're in this place, they went AWOL. Uh, many will say to me in that day, have we not done this or that? And they'll say, depart from here. Uh, I had a pastor say, Brother Treber, we were doing the same thing you did. Every five years we did a pictorial directory. We stopped, he said, it was a very large church. It's too discouraging. People quit all the time. And you know, I was going through those journals this past week, those two books, and looking. Uh, one, one book is dedicated to this name of all these hundreds of people. And so many have walked away from God. And so many have left the things of God. I was reading letters, came into the office early today, and reading letters of uh, some, several people that wrote me letters have been away from God and I've come back home, and pastor, you've never, you've been such a good pastor, but I also had their funerals when they took their lives. One letter after another. I didn't know them, I had it in one particular file. One boy, 19 years of age, said, I've just, I've just wasted my life, and I'm coming back to God, and it looks like I'm not gonna live. And I remember walking into his house at 19 years of age when he passed away. Uh, with a incurable disease. And I love the boy, but I, I just, if you're not careful, I like to look back and it encourages. But sometimes you look back and it discourages. And you can always trace it back to pride. You can always trace it back in my own life to pride. My pride is so real. Your pride is so real. Someone once said, I, I want to speak tonight on the, 
the, uh, on the subject of pride and humility, particular humility, and the, uh, the, nine, the, 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 nine, the ten greatest humble people in America and how I won the other nine. Well, that's saying I'm Mr. Humble. Now, I'm not Mr. Humble. I don't care who you are. You have to face pride in your life. Sometimes pride is not arrogance where we look up like I'm so great. Sometimes it's this, that we're so low and so defeated with ourselves. That's nothing more than just pride, putting confidence in your flesh. It is easy to preach with pride. It is easy to sing with pride. It is easy to play instruments with pride. It is easy to try to be a husband or a wife with pride or be a parent with pride. But God resisted the proud. And tonight I want to speak on a very difficult subject. On this thing of pride. God hates pride. Pride always destroys. As I think of our lives tonight, I think of you many young children that are here tonight and you young teenagers and your teenagers that are completing your teen years and college age students. There's such a great future for you. There is such a great future for you. But not if you allow pride to rule your life. God can take some of you young men that perhaps you uh, don't sense that you know how to speak and you know how to pastor a church and God can raise you up, be some of the greatest pastors in the world alive today. God can do that, but he's gonna do it through humility and not through pride. When you think that you're God's gift to humanity, God will always bring you down. God resisteth the proud. There's a man that I love to read about. He had a poor background in the book of, uh, the book of Second Chronicles. When you go back and you read about his background, his dad was a wicked king, Ahaz. And Ahaz was just a rotten example. But when his son came to power, his name Hezekiah, he, he, didn't, he didn't criticize his dad, but he said in the first month of his reign, we are gonna bring God back to our land. And he opened up the church and when he opened up the church, the temple, and they, they discovered money, they discovered the Bible there, they discovered the law there, and he began to reform, and he got the priest right with God, and they said, I want you to cleanse yourself, you priest. I want you to get right with God. I don't want you to humble yourself before an almighty God. And he restored giving, restored worship, things were going great. And now we get to chapter 32, and Hezekiah was a great king. And the Bible says in 20, 32, 24, in those days Hezekiah was sick unto death. And he prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord spake unto him, gave him a sign. He was sick because God was dealing with him. Hezekiah had allowed pride to enter into his life. But Hezekiah rendered not again unto the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up. Don't fault Hezekiah, what a great man, what a great man, did such good things, such great things, but he fell off the wagon. And all of a sudden in his life, in the latter years of his ministry, pride began to raise its ugly head and his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. Notwithstanding, Hezekiah humbled himself for the pride of his heart. I keep with me this little postcard that we made in the publications. I have a plaque of this made 
in my ready room in that auditorium before I go to the pulpit, I see it. We have a one in the ready room up here in the college chapel. It was from Bobby Robertson. You've heard me refer to it so many times. Perhaps 30 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, I was preaching a revival there. And after I was finished in revival that night, he was closing prayer, and he said these three things. I wrote them down on a three-by-five card. You've heard me say it so often. The next Sunday night, I preached his three-point prayer. I'll never forget when he prayed it. God, and he said, help us to confess our sins. Help us to confess our sins. And tonight in your life and in my life, keep zero accounts of sin. Confess sins. He said, secondly, help us to be real. Brother Bobby Robertson was one of the most real people you ever met. Help us to confess our sins. Help us to be real. And then he said, thirdly, and God help us to walk humbly before you. Help us to walk humble. Humble is not bent over. That's arthritis. Humble is not exalting yourself. It's saying no to yourself. When we think of the word pride, it just simply means don't boast of yourself. Don't make yourself preeminent. That's why you're upset with your wife or your husband. You're trying to be preeminent. That's why you're upset with your parents. You're trying to be preeminent. That's why you're upset with Christianity because you're trying to be preeminent. That's why you think it's all, it's all, uh, everybody's against you because you want to be preeminent. You want to be number one. You want everyone to bow down to you. I've seen it in elementary school. I see where a little child can govern the whole family and the family bows down to that child. Very dangerous because that child's going to raise up and one day he'll destroy everyone around him. Walk humbly before God. And a great example would be if we'd walk humbly before God in our home, fathers and mothers. I, I, I think of Bobby Robertson's prayer. It's not positioning myself to be number one. It's not making Jack number one. But be real and confess my sins and walk humbly. Now I can see pride in government officials. But God doesn't want me to spend my time seeing their pride. I can see pride in politics and liberal Christians and in weak Christians. We can see pride in our relatives. But it's not my brother nor my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, that I want us to examine tonight. I want to examine my own life. The word of God says, take heed to thyself. God's word says, let a man examine himself. God's word says, these six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination, a proud look. God hates pride. Where I try to exalt myself and I try to lift myself. You recall that there was one called Lucifer, the devil, that was Satan himself. And he was close. He was very close to the Godhead. He was a created being. But Lucifer raised up his prideful heart and he said, I'll be like the most high. I will exalt myself. I will be number one. And he not only destroyed himself with pride, he took one third, the Bible says, revelation of the angels with them. The angels fell one third of them because of pride. Lucifer fell because of pride. God resisteth pride. God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better is it be a humble spirit with the lowly 
than to divide the spoil with the proud. I've watched in the ministry, I've watched so many capable people, whether servants of the Lord or even preachers of the gospel, and I watch their lives come derailed because when pride lifts its ugly head, there's always destruction. God resists the proud. When pride cometh, the Bible says, then come a shame. And I can guarantee it, you can take it to the bank. If you allow, if I allow pride to exalt herself in my life, I promise you, there will always be shame. Micah 6, verse 8. It's a great three-point message. You preacher boys should preach it sometime. He has showed the old man what is good and what the Lord doth require of thee to walk justly, to love mercy, and walk humbly before God. Oh, no telling how God's gonna use you, preacher boys, and all these tents and these cars, wherever you find yourself, how God's gonna raise you up to take you into a city and take you to a state and take you to a country and take you to a village and take you to a town and take you to the back jungle and preach the word of God and how God is gonna put his hand of blessing on you if we can just be humble enough before a holy God. God will always seek to bring us back. One of my favorite people in the Bible is Hezekiah. He stood against Sennacherib. And then he stood in chapter number 29 against Judah because Judah said, let's not fight the Assyrians. But he said, we must fight the Assyrians. We must stand for what is right. And here, after a great long ministry, and a great ministry, and wonderful reforms that he had, he stumbled. And God will not tolerate it. Every person on planet Earth has ability to allow pride grip their heart. But God will deal with pride. There's no also in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Proud, proud, boastful, same uh, similar words. When I begin to be prideful and exalt myself, or you begin to be prideful and exalt yourself, my God says he will humble us. My Bible says that, that God resists the pride. I'm over here in the book of Proverbs. I'm thinking of this verse right now that comes to my attention in Proverbs chapter number nine. You know, the older I get, the more reluctant I am to speak to someone about something in their life that needs to be corrected. That's the job of a shepherd. The shepherd protects the sheep. But I find that we live in a moment that you have to be very careful. Very careful. I know so many people right now I'm praying for, I want to help them. I want to help them so much. Because I've lived life, I know what's going to happen if they don't change. I know what the result is. There's some folks I'd like to deal with, not the sin or wicked this week. I'd like to just deal with some things, but I'm afraid to. You sure the preacher ought not to be afraid to. Well, that's not what the word of God says. The word of God says, he that reproveth a scorner getteth himself a shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, he will yet be wiser. 
and will increase in learning. You know, when someone gets rebuked or someone gets corrected, when they say, thank you, thank you for trying to warn me, thank you for trying to protect me, thank you for trying to look out for me, thank you, thank you, I know there's a wise heart. And when uh, we say something, if I say anything, and all of a sudden there, there's a resistance, I'm thinking, oh my dear Lord, I shouldn't have said it. Because I know there'll be payback. And there's been payback through the years. I won't talk to him. I'm not gonna shake his hand. I'm not gonna say hello. I'm not gonna smile. I'm not gonna come. I'm not, I never have that spirit. That's the height of pride. Oh, I, 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 I'm not as smart as most of you people here. I pastor such a brilliant church in this brain power capital of the world, the Silicon Valley. But I tell you what, with life, there's some of you dear young couples, I could help you. Miss Trevor could help you if you let us. There's some of you young kids that if you just have a humble spirit before God and a spirit of, uh, of a tenderness and, and quietness, I, I, we could help you. Some of you can be helped so much by your mother and dad if you just have a humble spirit. Some of you can be helped by your Sunday school teacher if you had a humble spirit. You can be helped by your youth pastor and his wife if you had a humble spirit. You can be helped by the principal and his wife and the teachers if you had a humble spirit. Some can be helped by godly deacons and godly deacons' wives and aged men and aged women within the New Testament local church. But many of them would say, I'm not going to say anything. And they're fairly wise for saying it that way. A man will walk uh, when a man walks humbly for God, he'll walk upright with man. And when someone corrects you, one of the things I enjoyed about being an assistant pastor, I worked for a pastor that was very blunt and very direct. I liked that. I wanted to be, if I could, have the best for God that I could be. Spurgeon said it this way, God will deny no blessing to the man who thoroughly walks with a humble spirit. You young men, you might be struggling with Greek in college or Hebrew in college, or you might be struggling with English 99 in college or English 104 in college. I don't know what you struggle with, but you might struggle with some of the things. And I believe that you should get those things under your belt, but you realize that what you really need under your heart and belt is a great dose of humility before God. And the Bible says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he may exalt you in due season. You cannot get low enough for God to use you and humble yourself before God and confess our sins before God. The Mayflower was set to sail. And as the Mayflower was set to sail, I'm trying to get my, keep my Bible in order here. It's all going all over the place. Let me put this thing right here. As this Mayflower was set to sail, the youngest passenger on that Mayflower was one years of age. That one-year-old child did not go with his mother or did not go with his father. No one seems to know the story why that little child went with an aunt and with an uncle. The little child's name, you'll like this, Bob and Valerie Cooper. You'll like this, Brother Mark and Anna Cooper. You'll like this, Brother and Mrs. Cooper, Pastor Cooper over here. Uh, you'll like this. We have four Coopers in our church, to my knowledge. You'd like this, not related to one another. But the name of the child was a sweet name. Uh, you would not think about naming your child this. The last name was Cooper. 
That little girl that boarded that ship, her first name was Humility. Humility Cooper. I don't know, and history doesn't bear out what ever took place with her life, but somehow maybe a mother or maybe a father, maybe they had passed away or maybe there was birth and then gone. I don't know. Nobody knows. But they said, we want this word to be attached with your name. And the youngest person that put her feet on the shores of this place called the United States of America was humility. And may it be such in our lives as we go to a ministry, as we go to a Sunday school class, as we go to a bus route, as we mount a pulpit, as we raise a family, as we pray over our children, may it be the first ingredient that we bring to our home is that of humility. Humility before God. For God resisted the proud. There's no telling what God could do with a humble heart. There's no telling what church could be raised up if we just had a humble heart. Andrew Murray said this, the great prayer warrior, do you want to enter into what is called the higher life? Then go down to the lower life first. Go down as deep as you can. 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves. Humble yourself. I've tried never to ask God to humble me. I don't want to go through the God, God's school of humility. I want to humble myself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due season, due time. My job is to humble myself. Who is to humble themselves? I am. Who is to humble themselves? You are. God says, I want you to humble yourself I have to choose every day because my stinking pride is so real. I have to choose to humble myself before the Almighty God. It will be next week. 40 years ago, Ronald Reagan was shot. I remember that day so very well. I remember where I was where he was shot. I've been at the hotel at the president's prayer breakfast on two occasions right with the location where he was shot. I stood right there in Washington, D.C. But the day he was shot, I'll never forget. When I came back to the property, I was by that bell tower on the other property. That bell, my father found that in some farm somewhere in the middle of the state. We brought it back on a trailer. We hoisted it up there after we repaired it and painted it. That bell would ring every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night when we were over at that other property. I don't know if the Spanish department does it or not, but we ring that bell. I was walking right underneath that bell and something took place in this old body of mine. It changed my life physically for the last 40 years. It's never been the same. There's never been a moment, and I don't preach about it very often. I rarely say any, but very, it's never been a moment without the pressure, the feeling, and the pain that is that God placed on my body that day, a thorn in the flesh. I wonder if God did that 40 years ago next week because of the pride of a young pastor. I wonder if God had in his plan to raise this church up to be in a great ministry as he has. But I wonder if the pastor, I wonder if the pastor wasn't ready and God said, I'm going to touch your body, Jack. 
for this thing in three times, three times only in my life. I besought the Lord three times to take it away, but he never did. I've never come back to him asking again because the word of God says, Paul said, most gladly, therefore, what a glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Friend, God will do what he has to do to bring you down because God resists the proud. God resisted the proud spirit. God, God honors humility of heart. I'm not there yet. This old proud spirit, this old proud life, your proud life, God says, I hate it. He resists it. Who? I must humble myself. Then where do I humble myself? Under the mighty hand of God. Under God. I must decrease, John 3.30. He must increase. Oh, I come back to you, please, sweet young men in this college and in this school and in this church, all these ministries here. God could use you like no other man's been used before if we just get humble enough before God and say, God, without thee, I can do nothing. But with thee, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Humble yourself. Walk humbly before God. Don't always have to get your way. It's, it's my way or it's the highway. I have to be in charge. I'm the most important. I'm going to do it this way. You sit down, shut your mouth, follow me, and we're off to the races. No, God's going to resist that every single time. In the ministry, God's looking, looking for a proud man. In the ministry, God's looking for a man who's humble before him. God's not looking for a proud youth pastor. And I just don't say that because we do have a proud, we have a very meek and a very humble youth pastor. But you young men that are going to be a youth pastor, don't be a hot shot. You go to serve God and serve those young people. And you be patient with them. And you love those young people. And you pray for those young people. And you grow those young people. And teach them to observe all things. Oh, how important it is to serve God with a pure, tender, godly, humble heart. Who, who tonight? Well, I must humble myself. Where? Under the mighty hand of God. Then thirdly, what happens? When I do my part, and he will exalt us. God will exalt in due time. Korah was serving at the tabernacle. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper, Psalm 84, in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents. But isn't it amazing? When he began to get crossways with Moses, he would not even come to the door. He would not even come to talk to the man of God, but instead he ridiculed the man of God. And in doing so, he was showing such great pride. And a new thing was gonna take place the next day. God was gonna open up that earth and swallow him and 250 50 men in that great cavern because God says, I don't like pride. I resist pride. I don't want you to serve with pride. God's given me many titles in life. I wish I could go back and change some of the things that I've done in my life. God has given me the great title of being called a son of God. I'm God's child. God's given me the privilege to be called a husband for 48 years. God's given me the great privilege with my wife to be called parents. God's given us the great privilege to be called grandparents. God's given us the great privilege 
for these 45 years to be pastor and pastor's wife of the greatest church in all of the world. But every one of those responsibilities, God wants me to humble myself. God wants me to be a father that's humble before him. God wants me to be a father-in-law that's humble before God. God wants me to be a grandfather, a papa with 14 grandkids that's humble before God. And I think of those grandkids, they're all 14 different. I have things that I bring daily before the throne of grace for each and every one that's different. Lord, when I think of Ashlyn's life and I begin to pray for Ashlyn in this area of her life, when I think of Titus, Lord, here's an area I'm praying about in his life and some needs in his life. When I think of TJ and when I think of Trey and when I think of Annalise and when I think of Landon and Lawson and Logan and Lincoln and London and I think of Mr. Riley and Hudson and I think of Reagan and I think of Addison. You know, every one of those kids have different needs. But for all of them, oh, it's my prayer that they'd walk humbly before God. We have 14 grandkids. Oh, who knows how God wants to use them? Who knows how God's going to allow them to be exalted among men so that they can exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and his name can be lifted. And it's my prayer that our 14 grandkids don't miss it. They can do anything and be anything God wants them to be and it can be a success at it if they would just get humble enough before God. And if Nana and Papa can set a great example that they'll walk humbly before God. And I, I, I could say, I've been thinking so much of my dad these days. And I thank God for the great man of God he was and the great example he was. But I have to say he was, he was just a humble man a humble servant of the Lord. My sweet father-in-law was a humble man, a servant of God for 57 years in the same church. I have no excuse. I have great examples in my life, my parents and my father-in-law. I have great examples in my life to know how it is to walk humbly. But oh, this old wretched man, this prideful man, I'm going to get my way. And if I'm not careful, if I'm not careful, I'll ruin and wreck the lives of others because of pride. I love Hezekiah's testimony. I love I read about him. I love his courage. No, we're going after Sennacherib. No, we're going after the Syrians. No, we're going to open up the house of God again. No, we're going to cleanse ourselves. No, we're going to start worshiping God again. No, we're, we're going to go ahead and cleanse ourselves. We're going to begin bringing money to the house of God again. Oh, what a great, great man. But right toward the end, he began to exalt himself. And exalting himself, God says, I have to bring you low because I will resist the proud. Our Father, tonight, I am so very grateful for the privilege to be in this place. Lord, this thing of pride, I wish I could stand before the people and say I conquered it. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. My pride is not that I think I'm so great. My pride is not that I think I'm so important and so talented. My pride is the opposite, but it's pride. My pride is that, that of overwhelming unworthiness. 
and so weak and so frail. I get so discouraged with myself. That's pride because I'm still putting confidence in me. Place no confidence in the flesh. Young man, you're a stutter. God may just use to be one of the greatest preachers that this nation's ever seen as a stutter. You're, 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 you're not talented. Well, God just may use you, but he'll resist the proud. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.